I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our lesson is found in Matthew 21, 1-11. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest of heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Than Jesus. That statement.
John Lennon in a lot of trouble, one of the four Beatles, so much so that they could no longer tour. They had one tour in the United States, and from that time on, after that statement, they were a studio band and simply recorded their music. So unpopular was that statement that was made in the 1960s that years later John Lennon was killed by a Christian who was upset still about the statement. We do a lot to protect the popularity of Jesus and it has gone now to another extreme where this summer that was announced in March that this summer the first Jesus comic book is being published. The comic book is called The Second Coming and it's Jesus and his sidekick Sunstar, a superhero who comes with Jesus and they come down into the world to see what we've done with Jesus' teachings and how we have failed. Also, if you go on perpetuating this popularity of Jesus, if you go on Amazon and check, you can get a bobblehead Jesus. Royal Bobbleheads is the company, and they produce a bobblehead for $21.95. And it was interesting in their descriptions, they said that this new bobblehead Jesus it has been created to be much more reverent and appropriate and lifelike out of respect for Jesus. <laughs> Bobblehead Jesus, huh? But we do have this image of popularity. We do have these images of Jesus but Jesus knew the problem with popularity. And he asks the question earlier in Matthew in chapter 16, he said, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You see, popularity assumes that we know the person assumes that we know the person. And so, if we were to ask the people who were there on that first Palm Sunday, who do you say Jesus is, it might help us understand what was going on, why this crowd could be so fickle and shout, Hosanna on Sunday, and shout back, crucify him on Friday. What was happening? Who were these people? If we look first at the crowd, first at the crowd that was gathered around, the crowd wanted a miracle Jesus. You see, they loved that he taught in parables because they could get a parable. They could understand a parable that Jesus was teaching them instead of those obscure theologians, the Pharisees. They could understand the message of Jesus. And also, 
Jesus was one that occasionally would put the Pharisees in their place. And that was quite entertaining to the crowd. But most of all, they were impressed by the miracles. Seeing Jesus heal the blind. Even bringing back someone from the dead. Jesus performed all kinds of miracles and they followed him in droves. You see, the Bible tells the story of Jesus. He truly was popular. From start to finish, we have the story in the Old Testament of Jesus who was a part of all creation and the works of Jesus, God, In creation, and we also have the prophecies of the coming Messiah, God in our midst, Emmanuel. And in the New Testament, the story of Jesus here with us. And then the story and revelation of Jesus' return. The Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. And the crowds followed him by the thousands. He was popular. He was a miracle worker. But you see, Jesus said things like in Mark 18, Why do you demand a sign from me? No more signs will I give to this generation. Uh, No more miracles? Come on, Jesus. They were probably truly frustrated in Mark when seven times on seven different occasions Jesus performed a miracle and said, don't tell anybody about it. You see, the crowd wanted a miracle Jesus. But Jesus disappointed them. And then there were the Pharisees. The Pharisees would have stood on the outskirts of all that gathering and celebrating that appeared to be going on. They would have stood and watched and made sure that things stayed in control. But you see, the Pharisees were not necessarily, their whole religion was not necessarily about belief and prayer. Their religion was about clothing and washing and eating appropriately. And you see, they were so concerned that they were going to lose their religion, that it wouldn't just be kind of absorbed into the Roman culture, the Hellenistic practice, that they took all these minute details, made them into laws, and lived a life of enforcing those in order to stay pure and unique. And then comes Jesus. You see, the Pharisees wanted a ritual Jesus. They wanted him to join them in their practice of religion. 
Not only did Jesus not practice it, but he occasionally ridiculed them in their own practice. He broke the laws that they set. He worked and healed on the Sabbath. He shared meals with the unclean. He didn't practice the ritual cleansing that was supposed to take place. The Pharisees wanted a ritual Jesus, but Jesus disappointed them. And then there were the zealots. The zealots were a part of that crowd. They'd been watching Jesus closely and The zealots were a revolutionary group who were just waiting. They were always just poised on the edge of combating the oppressive Roman government to take their life back and free their people. The zealots wanted a military Jesus. And they were just sure as Jesus goes into Jerusalem and into the temple and turns over the money tables and throws out the money changers, they had their guy. Jesus was going to call together the army and they were going to overthrow the Romans at any moment now. They wanted the warrior Jesus. And then there were the disciples. The disciples won a victorious Messiah. You see, they they were right in the midst of this, and all this had been going on, and Jesus had become so popular and so successful, and they were on the inside of all that. They became kind of self-seeking dreamers. They even argued who would sit next to Jesus when he went into his kingdom? Who would be at the right hand? They wanted a victorious Messiah. And yet Jesus kept talking about his death. He kept talking about the fact that they had to pick up their own cross and they were going to have to suffer. They wanted a victorious Messiah and Jesus embodied a suffering servant. Jesus disappointed them. You see, each of those groups had their own idea of who Jesus was. That's why they were there. And Jesus is so much more than any one of those. Jesus tells us himself. In John, he says, I and the Father are one. If you look at me, you will see the Father. And in Colossians 1, he says he says about Jesus that he is the creative God, the one who created all that is, the visible 
and the invisible. That's who Jesus is. So much more than anyone wanted him to be. And you see, we too come with our own thoughts of who Jesus is. Here we are on this Palm Sunday. Uh, Phil Yancey tells a story in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew. He tells it, he begins his book by talking about the fact that when he was a child, and he began to learn about Jesus, he said, he learned about Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He said that he associated Jesus with his bedtime prayers. He also associated Jesus with juice and cookies and gold stars for attendance. said, when I was growing up, I had a Mr. Rogers Jesus. Someone who just liked to be with, and I liked to be with him. And he said, then as I got a little bit older, some of those older movies about Jesus would portray Jesus. And he said that Jesus was portrayed in those as pretty stoic. He just didn't respond to much of anything. When he was speaking to the crowds, he spoke in kind of a monotone. Nothing flustered him. Nothing changed him. He was just very consistent and very static. And he said that point, my, my Jesus changed to the Prozac Jesus. And you see, we may have images like that. Maybe ours is the bobblehead Jesus. That plastic Jesus that simply nods yes to everything we want and everything we want to do. Right? Or maybe it's the comic book Jesus, that superhero Jesus who will swoop in and take care of everybody who's doing wrong. Ought to be careful with that one. That includes us. (laughs) We have our own images of who we want Jesus to be. And Jesus is so much more than all of that, than anything any one of us wants or thinks we want. There's a quote by Napoleon, of all people, that has stuck with me for years and years and years. And I love when he made up one of the words in it, so you'll catch it, you'll hear it. But Napoleon said, Everything in Christ astounds me. His spirit overawes me. His will confounds me. Jesus is so much more than we can understand. Jesus actually gives us, as we celebrate this Holy Week, he gives us the picture, he shows us a life 
filled with God. That's what he brings to us. That's who he really is. Someone whose life was filled with God. And you see, it doesn't really matter that the crowds wanted the miracle Jesus. It doesn't matter that the Pharisees wanted a ritual Jesus. It doesn't matter that the zealots wanted a military Jesus or that the disciples wanted to have this victorious Messiah. What matters this Palm Sunday, what matters this Holy Week is between you and God. It depends on who you say Jesus is. Who do you want Jesus to be in your life? The answer to that question is life-changing. Amen.